Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. All of us should expect that God is going to speak to us personal words. He's going to give us words that will comfort us, words that will encourage us, words that will challenge us, words that will direct us. And guess what? The more we subject ourselves to God's Word, the more frequently we're going to have those moments. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of John. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54 in a message titled, The Second Sign. Now, here's Pastor Brian. And he said, when did he get better? And they told him the time, and he realized it was the exact moment that Jesus said, your son will live. So again, this is the sign. The sign is God has visited his people. He's visited his people. God is, God is among us. Remember the prophecy that says the virgin will bring forth the son and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's a prophecy about Jesus. Some people say, well, how come we call him Jesus and not Emmanuel? Emmanuel will be what he's called in the future when he comes back and reigns. But the point is, the sign is telling us that God is with us. And so this man, it says now that he and his household believed. So up until this point, his faith was like the faith of so many It was not a deep faith in Jesus for who he was, but it was more a faith in him for what he might do for me. But now that Jesus heals and now he recognizes that he is in uh, the presence of someone who is not a mere man, but is, is none other than the God of Israel, he and his household believe. So they come to a real faith and become followers of Jesus at this point. Now, this word that Jesus spoke is, I want to tell you about this Greek word. The the word logos, we all know that word, right? Logos means word. And in John chapter one, in the beginning was the word, that's the Greek word logos. But there's another word, there's a couple of other words, but one other word that we translate into English as word is the Greek word rhema. And somebody asked me, how do you spell that? R-H-E-M-A. And rhema is, is a different way of understanding word. And it's, it's a word that is more specific. Or you might understand it as it is a word to you. And this is what Jesus gives to this man. He gives him a word that is right for him. 
and his immediate situation. And, and that's, that's what I, I want you to understand. That's what rhema is. It is a word to you that is of immediate relevance. God, it's, it's one of those times where you just, suddenly you just feel like, well, I think God's speaking to me here. It's a word that is for you and for the specific thing. Now, this man, notice what it says about him. It says that Jesus said, go, your son will live. And it says the man took Jesus at his word and departed. And the context seems to indicate that the man did not rush back to Capernaum, which you would have expected, but it seems like he took his time. Because when he meets those who are coming from Capernaum and says, when did my son get better? They say, yesterday. So what that shows us is this man delayed or slowed down his return home. Now, why would he do that? He would only do that if he had absolute confidence that what Jesus said was true. And that's apparently what he had because he took Jesus at his word and he, and he departed. And when God gives us that, that rhema word, that is a word that he wants you to take it. He wants you to, to receive it, to embrace it, to say, yes, God, I believe that that is your word to me. And throughout our lives at various times and sometimes at, at critical times like we're dealing with here, this is a crisis, right, in this man's life. But sometimes in our lives, God will give us these kinds of words and he wants us to receive it. He wants us to lay hold of it and to just say, I'm, I'm going to take you at your word, Lord. And sometimes that can happen as, as you're maybe going through something that's challenging, difficult, and you're, maybe you're reading through your Bible, and then all of a sudden there's something that just seems to be, it seems to be leaping off the page. And it's something that is it's dealing with in some way or another, exactly what you're going through. Or sometimes it could be that you're listening to somebody teach the Bible or preach a sermon. And there's that word that begins to come and you think, oh my, this, this sounds like me. This sounds like this, this is exactly what I'm going through. That is a, a rhema word that is coming to you. Sometimes a, a friend, a person, a brother or sister, might come and just say something. They might not even say, hey, the Lord told me to tell you this. They might just say something and the Lord brings it to you. There's a sense where it resonates in you. You just know that oh, this is different. You know, I've had many times in my life where I would say, the Lord spoke to me. Now, sometimes I People can get carried away with that sometimes and they can go overboard and think the Lord's speaking to them about what to have for breakfast and where to go out to dinner and things like that. And 
That can, that can be kind of extreme. But all of us should expect that God is going to speak to us personal words. He's going to give us words that will comfort us, words that will encourage us, words that will challenge us, words that will direct us. He's going to do that. And guess what? The more we subject ourselves to God's word, the more frequently we're going to have those moments. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day and the friend was telling me that where they are and where they minister in the culture that they're in, the Christian community, that reading the Bible isn't really anything that they're all that serious about doing. And this friend actually said, you know, I talk to people all the time who just don't see the value or have a value when it comes to really faithfully reading the word. She said that she would talk to people and they will sometimes say, because, you know, she's a person who grew up in and has a real commitment to personally being in the word. And she says she'll have conversations with people and their reading is, is like once a month. They'll read a few passages once a month and then they'll go on. And, and a lot of times their lives are a mess and they wonder what's going on. You know, the Bible says men and women cannot live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God wants to speak to us. And he speaks to us through his word. And the more we open this book and the more we take the time to read it, the more likely we are going to be hearing from God and hearing those things that we really do need to hear. And so God has a word for you. What has God said to you? Well, I don't know what he said to you, but whatever it is, take him at his word and go forward. God has spoken to me, and I know what he's spoken to me. And, and I want to do that. I want to take him at his word, and, and I want to move forward. Now, when God speaks to us, the devil, who's real, he will want to cast doubt upon the validity of that. He doesn't want you hearing from God and responding to God when he speaks. He doesn't want that to happen because that's going to that's going to be a problem for, for what his agenda is. So he wants to keep us from hearing or sometimes even believing that God has spoken to us. And so sometimes God will speak to us. And shortly thereafter, in our minds, we start to question, oh, was that really God? 
I don't know, would God speak? Maybe, maybe I just imagine, maybe God didn't speak that to me. Oh, it, it, that, that sounds too good to be true. I just want God to say that to me. So that's why I'm thinking it is, but it's, it's probably really not him. Take Jesus at his word. Sometimes people, well-meaning people, well-intended Christian people, God's speaking to you. And maybe you share that with somebody. You know, I think the Lord has spoken this way. Oh, no, no, God wouldn't say that. No, no, that's just your imagination. Because, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to get weird. You don't want to do And so, you know, they're well-intended. They're, they're kind of looking out for you. They don't want you to be weird or go crazy or do something that's, like, that's, that's, that would be just too, too wild. And so they'll come along with that good advice to just, Take it easy. Don't get too carried away with this God speaking to you stuff. And you know, we have to watch out for that. We have to be aware that that does happen. People will do that. And sometimes it can even be people who you respect and love and look up to. You know, God might speak something to you sometime that Maybe your spiritual mentor disagrees with. And you're in a quandary because you're like, well, gosh, they're like my spiritual mentor. How could God speak something to me and they don't bear witness with it? Well, guess what? It does happen. It does happen. We, we have a personal relationship with God. And he's going to speak to us. Years ago, and this is no put down on the person that I'm about to mention here, but it's just a reality because that person was a human like all of us. <laughs> Pastor Chuck, when I went to him and said, I feel like the Lord is calling me and my family to leave and to move to England and to do ministry there. He did not believe that God was calling me to do that. And he did his darndest to try to persuade me that I was not hearing from God. And I was in a quandary. He was my spiritual mentor. He was the one who brought me up in the faith. Not to mention he was my father-in-law. And I'll never forget the morning... I, I drove to his house. I lived down in San Diego. I drove up. I said, I need to meet with you. I need to talk to you about something. I drove up here to Newport Beach. And I sat down with him and I told him what I believe the Lord was speaking to me. And, you know, he offered about three or four different alternative plans that he thought would be better. And, and at the end, I just said, well, you know, look, I, I just... This is, what, this is my conviction. I feel like I have to do this and so on. So came time to leave. He was very downcast. And I said, I'm sorry I ruined your day. And he said, you didn't ruin my day. You ruined my life. <laughs> that's, a, that's even more serious right there. So I got in my car and I drove home 
And what do you think I was thinking about all the way down? Like, I, I just ruined Pastor Chuck's life. Surely this could not be, I, he must be right. I must be wrong because, you know, he's not bearing witness. He's my mentor. He's my spiritual father, but he's, he's not bearing witness. And I'll never forget, right as I was pulling up at my house and just still in my mind wrestling with this and, and saying, Lord, this, I, I guess I got it wrong. I guess I read it wrong. Chuck, you know, he doesn't bear witness. And the Lord just spoke to me and said, Brian, are you serving Chuck or are you serving me? And I said, well, well, Lord, I, I, I'm, I want to be serving you. He said, okay, then just do what I said. And so, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, if, if that tells you anything, it just tells you that Pastor Chuck was a human being, just like all the rest of us. And he had strong feelings. And as a matter of fact, he said, Brian, you know what? Here's the plan. You go and you just leave Cheryl and the kids here. <laughs> and that'll be cool. I mean, you can come and go as often as you want, and that'll just be fine. He basically didn't want his daughter and his grandkids to leave. He didn't care that much whether I went or not. So, <laughs> But I had been given a word from the Lord, and that was what enabled me to say, I got to do what God's calling me to do. So... God will speak to you. Maybe God has spoken to you. Stand on it. Take Jesus at his word. And I'm going to close with this quick story from the book of Acts. And I love this passage because it really kind of just sums it all up. Paul is, he goes to Jerusalem and he's you know, he, he has this opportunity. Finally, he's brought before this whole group of Jewish people. You know, Paul's whole passion is he wants to see his own people saved. He wants, he wants Israel to come to faith. And so he is, has this moment where he's preaching and all of these Jews that want to kill him, they're finally listening to him intently. And he's telling them, look, I understand you. I used to be just like you. I tried, I, I hunted down people who believed in Jesus. I had letters from the high priest. And, you know, they're listening. He's speaking in Hebrew. And they're all connecting. And then he goes on and he says, and, and you know, at this certain point, Jesus spoke to me. He said, get out of here. I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. And when he said that, they just flipped out. He completely lost his audience at that moment. And they had to bring him under, you know, they, they had to actually deliver him from the mob. They had to bring him under protective security. And so they, they take him in. And, and that night, Paul is so depressed. He's so discouraged because he feels like he failed his opportunity to present the Messiah to the, the Jewish leadership there at the temple in Jerusalem, and he blew it. And Jesus spoke to him and said, Paul, you didn't blow it. He said, and just as you testified for me here in Jerusalem, you're going to testify for me in Rome as well. So fast forward 
few years down the road, Paul is kept in prison. He has, at a certain point, he finally appeals to Caesar. So he's going to be sent to Caesar. And so he boards a ship and he's going to make his way to Rome. And as he's on his way, the ship is in the midst of a storm. The ship is actually going to sink. But God has encouraged Paul. And so he stands up. He's now basically taken over the ship, the captain. Nobody else knows what to do because it's this horrendous storm. And Paul says, listen, we're, it's going to be okay. We're all going to survive. Nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to drown. The ship's going to sink, but we're going to make it safe to land. And then he said this. He said, because this night, an angel of the God that I serve appeared to me and said, Paul, you must testify for me in Rome. Paul's going back to that word that he heard there in Jerusalem. You're going to testify for me in Rome. God's going to send me to Rome. We're going to be okay. And then he said these words, and this is what I'm closing with. He said, and I believe that it shall be just as I was told. That's it. I believe it shall be just as I was told. God speaks. And he will speak to you and he probably has spoken to you and you could give a testimony about how he's spoken to you, but don't stop listening and don't stop expecting because he has a word for you. He has a word for me. And guess what? He has a word for us too. And when I say us, I mean his people, the church. God's not finished working in this world. And I know for some Christians, it's like, oh, this is it. It's over. It's the end. Pack your bag. The rapture's happening tomorrow. You know, I know there is that mentality. Hey, the culture's too far gone. Jesus, he's not going to work here any longer. That's not what God's speaking to me. That's not what God's saying to many in the church. There's a word of hope. God is at work. He's doing things. And let's believe that. And let's do what this guy did. Let's take Jesus at his word and let's be about the business of the kingdom until the Lord returns. And you know, maybe for you today, this is a moment where you are going to re- Commit yourself to, to believing that word that God has spoken to you. Maybe something God has said, and maybe you've just lost hope. Maybe you've lost confidence. Maybe you're just saying, I don't know. I, that's probably never was God. But man, at the time, it just seemed like, oh, that was the Lord. Just lay hold of that again. And if you don't know Jesus today, Oh, he's got plans for your life and he wants to work in your life and he wants to speak to you and guide you. But it all starts with coming to him. Today is a day that you could do that. You could say, Lord, forgive my sins and come into my life. For the month of May, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, 
Basic Christianity by John Stott. What did Jesus come to do? And in what ways does that make Christianity unique? Does it matter if the claim that Jesus rose from the dead a historical fact or not? And what's wrong with believing that Jesus was simply a great teacher? In his book, Basic Christianity, John Stott answers those questions and many more that are fundamental to the Christian faith and any genuine inquiry into understanding the historical Jesus. Ever since Jesus lived, he's been largely misunderstood by both religious and secular groups alike. But understanding who Jesus is, what he came to do, and what he claimed are relevant for all people regardless of their current beliefs. If you're a Christian, this book will help you to better understand the basics of the Christian faith. If you're not a Christian, this book will help you to better understand the basic beliefs of millions in our global culture. If you want to know more about the basic beliefs of the Christian faith, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order Basic Christianity by John Stott. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of John. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.